Take your Bible and open it up with me this evening to 1 Kings chapter 3. And while you're turning, let me just say, after we had prayed together up here on the stage and I turned around, I had to say to Mark and then to Jeff, what a beautiful sight to just see people gathered together in groups praying. I want you to know that God's going to do things as we call upon his name. Now tonight we're just going to continue in our series on uh, learning from the testimonies of Old Testament men and women. And tonight we're going to look at King Solomon. And if Solomon were here this evening and gave his testimony, there are three things that he would tell us about real wisdom. Solomon is known for three things. One, he built the temple, a glorious temple to the Lord. His father David had wanted to build the temple, but God wouldn't let him because David was a man of war, but promised him that his son Solomon would build the temple. And when Solomon became king, the first 10 years of his reign was concerned with the building of the temple and when he dedicates the temple and he prays to the Lord and God's Shekinah glory, the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament fills the temple. You have that great verse that the Lord gives, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sins. It was Solomon that God used to, to, to build that temple which speaks of the preeminence and the centrality and the glory of God over his people. Secondly, Solomon is known for being the wisest man in the world. And it's this part of Solomon that we're going to talk about this evening. And thirdly, Solomon is known for being inspired by God to write three books in the Bible, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and the Song of Solomon. And all of them have to do with wisdom one way or another. So if Solomon were here and he were to tell us some things about true wisdom, what would they be? Well, number one, he would tell us that you can be wise and foolish. If you look at, at 1 Kings chapter 3, you have Solomon as he comes to the throne asking the Lord for wisdom. Look at verse 5, and Gibeon the Lord uh, appeared to Solomon in the dream by night. And God asked, and what shall I give you? And Solomon said, you have shown great and steadfast love to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in faithfulness, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart toward you. And you have kept for him this great and steadfast love and have given him a son to set on his throne this day. And now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of David my father. Although I am but a little child, I do not know how to go out and to come in. And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen of great people. 
Too many to be numbered or counted of our multitudes. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people, that I may discern between good and evil, and who is able to govern this great people. It pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked for this. And God said to him, because you have asked this and have not asked for yourself long life or riches of life uh, uh, or the life of your enemy, but you have asked me uh, for yourself understanding to discern what is right, behold, I now do according to your word. Behold, I give you a wise and a discerning mind. we've all seen the cartoons of the genie in the bottle and they rub it and the genie comes out and I'll grant you three wishes and people wonder what in the world will they ask for. Well, genies are are not real, but I want you to know God is real. And if God were to say to you, uh, ask me anything that you want and I will give it to you, what would you ask? of the Lord. Would you ask something for yourself and your uh, prosperity? Would you ask for something for your family, for your children? A lot of things that we ask of the Lord. But as God confront or comes to Solomon at the beginning of his reign and ask Solomon, what do you want? Solomon asked for wisdom, a discerning mind. He realized that the task that he had was far greater than him. And so he pled with God that God would give him wisdom. God hears that prayer, grants him wisdom. And so there is Solomon's desire for wisdom. And then the Bible gives us examples of his exercise of wisdom. In fact, here in the third chapter, after Solomon asked for wisdom, you have, starting in verse 18, the the story of two women, really they're two prostitutes, and, and they both have children, and one of them turned over on her child during the night, and the child died. And so she got up, took her dead child, and placed it by the other woman and took her live child. And so they come to Solomon with this dispute. And, and, and that is, they both claim that the live baby is theirs. And Solomon says, well, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll cut the baby in half, and one of you can have half, and one of you can have the other half, knowing that the one that wasn't the mother would agree, but the other would say, no, no, don't do that. Let the baby live. And he knew that was the mother. He exercised wisdom. And he became famous for wisdom. Turn, turn over to uh, 1 Kings 10. You, you, you have the account of the queen of Sheba coming to Solomon. And uh, she travels from afar. And in verse uh, uh, three, it, it, it says she came to Solomon and told him all that was on her mind. And Solomon answered all of her questions. There was nothing hidden from the king that he could not explain to her. And when the queen of Sheba had seen all the, the wisdom of Solomon, 
the house that he had built, the food of his table, and the setting of his officials, and the attendance of his servants, their clothing, his cupbearer, and his burnt offerings that he offered at the house of the Lord. There was no more breath in her. And she said, the report was true that I heard in my land of your words and your wisdom. But I did not believe the reports until I came with my own eyes and see it. And behold, the half is not told me. Your wisdom and and prosperity surpass the report that I hear. And then verse 29 just kind of gives a summary. Thus, King Solomon excelled all the kings of the earth in riches, in wisdom, And the whole earth sought the presence of Solomon to hear his wisdom which God had put in his mind. Now, I want you to know God wants us to be a wise people. He has given us his word. He has spoken clearly to us that we might know him and know his ways, that we might be wise in our living wise in our decisions, wise in all that we do. And so Solomon, in the first 20 years of his life, is known as this great man of wisdom. But flushed with success, with prosperity, with acclaim, with everyone talking about him, Solemn foolishly disregarded God's word. God's word clearly says that marriage is one man and one woman for one lifetime. But uh, Solomon, <laughs> he, uh, he kind of stressed that to one man and 1,000 women. Look at verse 11. It says, now... King Solomon loved many foreign women, along with the daughter of Pharaoh, uh, Moabite, Ammonite, Edomite, Sidonian, Hittite women from the nations concerning, now listen, concerning which the Lord said to, to the people of Israel, you shall not enter into marriage with them, neither shall they be for you, for surely they will turn your hearts after their God. Solomon clung to these in love. He had 700 wives who were princes and 300 concubines. I'm just going to tell you, he's crazy. (laughs) One woman's all I can take care of. (laughs) And I don't always do that. But here's the heartbreak. Not only did he disobey God's word, one man, one woman, don't marry foreign women because they will take you away from the Lord. Solomon, who started so well. Solomon, who uh, God had blessed abundantly, peered to twice, and said to him, I will bless you and bless you and bless you if you will walk in my ways. Now, 
He disobeys the Lord. He marries foreign wives. He marries a bunch of them. Verse 4 says, For when Solomon was old, his wives turned his heart after other gods. And his heart was not wholly true to the Lord, and was as was the heart of, of, of David his father. For Solomon went after Ashtoreth, the god of the Sidonites, and after Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. So Solomon did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord and did not wholly follow the Lord as his father has done. And then listen to verse 7. Then Solomon built a high place for uh, Shemoth, the abomination of Moab, and for Molech, the abomination of the Ammonites. You know what the Ammonites did at the altar of Moloch? They offered the children as sacrifices. Solomon wouldn't do that, but he built on the mountains east of Jerusalem temples for these false, abominable, wicked, pagan gods. And so you come to the end of chapter 11 and God raises up adversaries against Solomon. I want you to know you'd rather have God's blessing than God as your adversary. And so he was wise, but he became foolish. The second thing that uh, Solomon would tell us is that you can waste your life on things that really don't matter. In fact, he would tell us that God inspired him to write a whole book about that, the book of Ecclesiastes. And in it, he gives his testimony in that time when his heart was not following the Lord. How he had looked for happiness and fulfillment in self-indulgence through, through pleasure and prosperity and in power. Let me just give you a, a, an example of that in Ecclesiastes 2. Solomon said, I said in my heart, come now, I will test you with pleasure, enjoy yourself, but behold, this was all vanity. I said of laughter, it is mad, and of pleasure, what use is it? I searched with my heart how to cheer my body with wine, my heart still guiding me with wisdom, and how to lay hold of folly till I might see what was good for the children of men to do under heaven during the few days of their life. And I made great works and built houses and planted vineyards for myself. I made myself gardens and parks and planted in them all kinds of fruit trees. I made myself pools of water and forest of growing trees. I, 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 
I bought male and female slaves and had slaves who were born in my household. And I had great possessions of herds and flocks more than anyone had had before me in Jerusalem. I also gathered for myself silver and gold and treasure of kings and province. I got singers and, and men and women and both concubines, the delight of the Son of Man. And you know what? The testimony of, David, uh, of Solomon in, in, in the book of Ecclesiastes, he says, I, I was looking for happiness in all of these things, but they're just smoke and mirrors. They're vanity of vanity. I mean, they're just like, like the, the fog in the morning. They're there for a moment, and then they're gone. Sin thrills, and then sin kills. And so he ends up, and he says that not only are they vanity, not only do they not satisfy, but in chapter 1, he said they became a vexation to my soul. And so he writes the book of Ecclesiastes as a personal testimony. And he comes to the end of chapter 13, and he tells us two important lessons that he had learned. Number one, in verse one, he said, remember your creator in your youth. He says, start out right. You love Jesus, and you stay on focus with him all of your life. And then in verse 13, he gives the second great insight. He says, fear God and obey his commandments. All of the rest won't bring you happiness. It won't fulfill you. It won't satisfy you. It's just going to leave you empty and leave you groaning. They're just people who are driven to think different things will bring them happiness. And it won't. I heard about the man Spent all of his life just making money and greedily hanging on to it. I mean, he just thought money, having money was it. And he got sick. The doctor said he was going to die. Told his wife that when he died, uh, he, won't, he wanted her to lay him in state in their home. And he wanted her to lay, her stay, her, uh, lay him in state in their dining room. And he said, you know, I've always heard you can't take it with you, but I, I'm not sure. So would you just pack up all my money in a suitcase and put it in an attic, in the attic right above my casket? And when I die, if you can take it with you, I'll grab it on my way up. Well, he died. She laid him and stayed in the dining room. And then they had the funeral. And she came back and she went up into the attic and there was that suitcase of money. She said, just like I thought, I should have put it in the basement. <laughs> Oh, that was bad, wasn't it? <laughs> you can waste your life on things that don't matter. Just what Solomon wants us to understand. Our delight is to be in the Lord. We were made for him. Pastor Clell says that there is a God-sized vacuum in each side of us. 
And nothing can fill it but God himself. The third thing that Solomon would tell us about wisdom is that real wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord. And God inspired him to write a whole book about that, and that's the book of Proverbs. And he writes the book of Proverbs in, in the beginning nine chapters as, as a father speaking to his son. Things that I've learned through experience, how I've blown it and, and what I've discovered about truth. And let me just give you a, a, an example of that in, in chapter 2, Proverbs 2. He says, my son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ears attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. Yes, if you call for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it like hidden treasures, if you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God, for the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth, uh, comes understanding and our knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield for those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the ways of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity and every good path. For wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you, delivering you from the evil men of perverted speech. And then it comes down in verse 18. It will deliver you from the forbidden woman, the seductress woman, who would draw you away from the Lord. He says, you need to find wisdom. And then in Proverbs 9, 10, he gives us the definition of wisdom. Don't miss this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. The fear of the Lord doesn't mean that we're frightened by God. That word fear means to stand in overwhelming awe and astonishment at the greatness of God. It means to bow the knee in adoration. It means to declare, as David said, I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my lips. It is to say that he is God and God alone. And I, in reverence, bow my knee before him in love and obedience. And the knowledge of the Holy One is growing in knowing him. Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24 says, Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. But he that boasts 
Let him boast in this, that he knows and understands me, that I am the Lord. And and Solomon says, that's wisdom. The fear of the Lord. Is that up there? Read it out loud with me. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. And then starting in chapter 10 through 31 in the book of Proverbs, Solomon just shows us what that looks like in daily life. I hope you read regularly the book of Proverbs. I hope in your Bible reading you have places that you read, but you also read a psalm and a chapter of the Proverbs every day. Because there are some life lessons for us to learn from Solomon. Number one, all wisdom comes from God. And he has revealed his wisdom for us in this book. Two, worldly wisdom will make you do dumb things. Three, you'll never be wise enough. Stay in the word. Consume it. Read it. Study it. Meditate upon it. Memorize it. Pray it in your life. Pray it for your children. Pray it for others. Don't waste your life. Don't wake up at the end and say, nothing that I did is going to last. Invest your life in that which is eternal. And as far as I know, the only thing that are eternal, the word of God and souls of people.